0: Welcome to Beyond Speaking with Brian Lord, a podcast featuring deeper conversations with the world's top speakers.
1: Hi, I'm Brian Lord, your host for the Beyond Speaking podcast. Our our guest today is uh, the inestimable Joel Zeff. He's a national workplace expert, speaker, author, humorist. Uh, Joel captivates audiences with his unique blend of hilarious improv comedy, which I agree with. It actually is hilarious, it's not just part of his intro. Uh, (laughs) Along with essential ideas on work and life, um, his book, Make the Right Choice, Creating a Positive, Innovative, and Productive Workplace Life is consistently listed as one of the top work-life balance books on Amazon. He's appeared on CNBC, the Fox Network, and many other media outlets um uh, sometimes he has a big bushy beard and sometimes like now he doesn't so ladies and gentlemen <laughs> joel Zeff, joel welcome yeah.
0: thank you that was an excellent introduction and i feel i feel like we were just joking but i feel like somebody from shark tank has canceled and that's why you're interviewing <laughs> me or there's a general or someone that uh, climbed mount everest or invented something incredible And, and then they've canceled and that's why I've gotten this spot. That's, that's kind of how I'm feeling.
1: That's all very true. Totally true. Like we were like everybody, everybody, no one else literally can do this right now. I had a free half hour. Three half so hour. Everybody from Shark half.
0: Tank that's ever been on Shark Tank has canceled <laughs> on you, or you've already interviewed them. You're like, ah, uh,
1: we're down to Joel now. This is this is what we get to. But it's like, hey, life is improvisation. We go on. Joel just happened to call up on a hey, video and call right now. Um, I'm and excited. We're, we're making up questions as we go along. I mean, I could. I do have my Shark Tank questions I could ask you about. You know how you. Started. I'd love to answer them. Um, and how you were in rap videos in the 90s. I think that would be, that's a I'd classic to way them. to go.
0: I'd <laughs> love to answer them.
1: So, uh, so from that, so your background actually is improvisation. Um, how do the secrets of, well, actually, how did you get into improv? I'm going to start with that one.
0: That's a good one. Well, I actually, my degree is in journalism. I was a newspaper reporter, and I'm very proud of that. Nice. And that's how I got to Dallas, uh, I was working, we had two major newspapers in Dallas, and, and I joined the one that was going to close six months after I joined. So I, I just, the Titanic was leaving the dock, and I was like, wait, 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 one more, let me jump on board. And so I jumped on board, six months later, the paper closes, not my fault, and, and, and I don't think there's any, uh, anybody would say it was not my fault, just because, I mean, it's just coincidence that six months later it closed but so uh when i got to dallas literally the first weekend i was in dallas a friend of mine took me to an improv comedy show and i i I was an audience volunteer and i asked for audience volunteers now uh in my event so i i you know i was an audience volunteer so Mm -hmm. i relate and literally it was like a disney movie it was oh you know the light oh there was like, you know, a chorus and birds singing and everything. And I was like, oh my, you know, I, I, I'm sure people feel this way often, but it was like a calling. It was like this, I've, this is it. I don't know how I'm going to make it happen, but this has to happen. And so I started taking some workshops and, um, and, uh, I started, and then when the paper closed, obviously I had a lot of free time. And I use that free time wisely. Uh, I had free time and a severance check, two really important things that happened in my life. And so I started really, um, you know, I started doing open mics, stand up open mics. I started, I continued uh, taking workshops and improvisation. I auditioned, got in, uh, got invited to be part of the, the the cast. Uh, They had their own, they had their own theater at that time uh, in Dallas and, that's just that's how it was born, and then my other side, my responsible side, my responsible personality side, you know, said, "Well, I, I actually have to work and have money, and you know, pay rent and buy food." And so uh, I started working uh, at a PR firm and then an advertising firm. And one of my clients was Texas Instruments, and they were having an executive retreat. Uh, it was all VP level. It was a technology. Um, You know small group and they said hey we know you do improv on the weekends can you come up and you know do some of those improv games with us Uh, and you know I was like uh sure yes I mean the answer in improv is always yes yeah right that's the one of the first things they teach you in improv (laughs) is you always say yes yes and um and then you figure it out from there after you say yes um and I took another performer with me and we had a blast more importantly the, the, this group had, had an amazing time and we didn't know what we were doing. We were just playing this game, playing this game. There was no message. There's like, well, let's do this. Okay. <laughs> and um, and, you know, the little light bulb started flickering on. I said, well, maybe I could offer this to some of my other clients. And at that time I was just thinking, well, you know, it'd be about creativity. It'd be about innovation. Cause you know, that's what improv is about. But the more I really, uh, the, the more I did, the more I analyzed, the more I thought about it. You know, improv teaches so much about teamwork, so much about change, so much about um, communication and leadership. And so it started evolving. And, you know, one event led to the next event. And it just, I would do something. And I always spoke from the heart or I would do something and it might not work or I would evolve it or change it. And incorporate some new things or new ways of doing it or where I place myself and the audience volunteers. And then we created something and, and it just kept evolving and it continues to evolve today.
1: So how does that work virtually? So like, you know, I know you're doing a lot of, you're like, I'm doing, having a good year. We were talking before we got on camera here. And, um, and so how does that work virtually? Well, I really virtually, I think, it works a couple different ways.
0: I don't do the audience volunteer games like I do in a live event virtually. It's uh, just the just because of the platforms and the way things work. Um, I've done a few things like in you know in a breakout room. Uh, we've done some word games, uh, but I really incorporate the energy of improv in my virtual events. You know, uh, and if I like if we're I'm on, on a Zoom call and I see everybody. You know, we can really, I interact, you know, we can do some interaction stuff. Uh, you know, I talk about the spirit of tada, and we get everybody, to, you know, everybody to do a ta dah and, and we talk about some of the little things that we can do. Like we do a bunny, bunny, bunny thing that talks about, you know, not being able to take a risk and not being afraid to, to make a mistake. And so we can do little things. It's different, but we really focus on the energy, the messages, uh, the fun. Um, I still bring, I mean, it's really me doing the improv, me being fun, me creating that energy and bringing it to their virtual event and, and the, the really powerful messages that improv taught me.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, what are some of those messages? Uh, so I know you've got like, especially for in books, like that's one of the things I think is great is that improv is something that's very spontaneous. A book is something that's very much not, um, you know, you talk about making the right choice, creating positive, innovative, product, productive work life. Right now, that is a tough thing to do for a lot of people uh, if they're working from home um, and uh, they're working from work sometimes or, 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 you know, in these completely different ways. So improvisation is, is, people probably haven't thought about it, is a really important thing to be able to do right now. Uh, what advice would you give to people who are trying to balance work and life right now from sort of an improv perspective?
0: Well, we're all improvising all the time whether we know it or not, and there's certain rules that allow us to be more successful within an improv game in a theater. If we take some of those rules as we're improv-ing each and every day, I think that's going to help us be successful. And some of the things that I talk about, I talk about change. And obviously, we are dealing with a tremendous amount of change and disruption. Improv is, is all about change and disruption and embracing that. And learning to lead through that disruption, finding that creativity, finding that innovation, finding that success through that change. And improv teaches us a few very simple choices. One, being prepared for change. Mm-hmm. You know, when I ask an audience volunteer to come up on stage, you know, they they I see them walking up on stage, and you know, and I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of reading them. I'm reading their body language, uh, their eyes, their their voice, and inevitably, they've all made a really important choice. They're prepared. They have no idea what uh, I'm gonna ask them to do or what the responsibility is going to be, but they are prepared for change, changes their whole attitude, right? Changes their whole tone and allows them to be successful. That's the first choice. The second choice about change is being present and in the moment. You know, especially so, much, so many of us are working virtually uh, and, and, you know, we have to be more present Sometimes it's very difficult to be present, you know, through virtual, whether it's Zoom or Teams or WebEx or whatever you're using, but we've really got to be more present and, and be in the moment. That's when we create that, that partnership. That's when we create that, that uh, ability to be successful. And the other really important choice about change I want to talk about is openness and flexibility. To be more open and flexibility, we are all dealing with so much disruption and change. We have to be more open and flexible to how we work, to each other's ideas, to something new, and I think when we do that, when we embrace that, companies are going to find success. And and we look at the companies that are succeeding right now, they're the ones that are changing quickly. They're the ones that are adapting quickly. You know, uh, think about—I'm sure you and and whoever's watching—we all do a lot of takeout now. <laughs> we kind of tend to go to restaurants that have. Really adapted the technology that make it easy, right? Which restaurants make it easy, you know, which the technology, the online ordering, you know, the pickup. Whoever has done it and embraced it, that's who, that's who we we spend our money with, right? Mm -hmm. And because they're embracing that change, realizing they're gonna have to to adapt. And and that's what improv is all about, is is just adapting, is embracing that change and disruption. And finding success within it.
1: What do you think of the uh, of those three? Is the hardest for a either individuals or companies to do?
0: I think uh, you know. I think I don't know if it's a company. I, I let's talk about the individual because it's really the individual making the choices, and then you know the company can make the overall choice, but the individuals have to have to buy in. The individuals have to say, okay. I'm, I'm willing to adapt. I'm willing to change. And, you know, when, when this is over, when we're back to some form of normal, there's going to be some other gigantic shift, some other huge disruption, some other change, small change, big change every day. It's what we do and what our choices are and how we adapt to that change. It's what our choices are when we're faced, how we react to that change. We can't control change whether the company, the individual, we can't control change. We only control how we react to change. And so, um, and that's, again, what improv teaches us is how we react, what our attitude, what our energy, what our choices are. And I think uh, when we create a level of support, um, when we appreciate people, when we give each other that positive support, it's easier for individuals to make that choice. And that's what companies really have to focus on, leaders have to focus on giving their teams that appreciation, that positive support, that energy, that fuel that gives them that fuel, right, to make those choices so it's easier, easier to, um, to react to change by being open and flexible and being present in the moment and being prepared for change. And another choice just Being being a great teammate, being a great leader.
1: And that's one of those things that I think that gets into it. So, like, I, I was inspired after seeing your, one of your corporate presentations. I booked you for an event in Nashville and I checked it out. And I, I went and took an improv class. And you did? I did. I did. And so, uh, and it was, it was okay. It, it was like one of those free ones, and they, I couldn't. It was like I had to mix like had, a giant. Did you bowl. have a Groupon? You had a Groupon? No. Well, it was something like that. This was a precursor to Groupon. That's how old I am. I'm sneaky. Um this was like Groupon and Facebook weren't things at the time. But um but um know, like the whole thing of taking risks. Like I'm kind of crazy like that. I kind of like doing weird stuff, but other people um are a little a little risk averse. Like they would say, you know, the whole thing, like you were saying, the first rule of improv is yes and or yes or whatever it is. And for most people it's no, you know, or a lot of people it is. How do you get over that fear?
0: I think you have to um, not being afraid to make a mistake, that's what really improv teaches us. You're going to make mistakes've I've, We've both made mistakes already on this podcast. <laughs> do, do you want me to list them out? Uh, we, 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 we make mistakes. Uh, we want to learn from a mistake, we want to minimize them. but the secret there, people always ask you know after an improv show, you know, how do you do it? you know there's no script, there's no rehearsal, there's no plan. How do you do it? Well, you know, I, I always said it really focuses on two things. One, I'm not afraid to make a mistake. And two, I'm confident in my abilities and my skills that if I do make a mistake, that I can, I can find a way to find success and build on that. Right. And, and it's that confidence and that not being afraid to make a mistake. You know, people, um, and I think a lot of, you know, we talk about these virtual events. I think a lot of, a lot of people are afraid of these virtual events. You know, they're not used to talking to a camera and not having any response back. They're not, uh, you know, they, they don't feel confident. They're afraid that they're going to say something wrong. They're going to misspeak. They're going to mispronounce a word, and they are, right? If you're afraid of that, it freezes us. You know, it freezes. We don't. It, we can't move forward. We can't grow, and um, it's hard. But you take, take just a little step at a time. You don't have to just create this huge thing today. Just take a little step at a time. Do something small that gets you out of your comfort zone today. If you do a little something today and then tomorrow and then the next day, and you'll be surprised how you build your skills. You'll be surprised how you create that confidence. And when you create that confidence, you're not afraid to make a mistake. Anything can
1: happen. So what's the tau of Ta-Da? You mentioned Ta-Da earlier. Um, tell, tell us about that. So the Ta-Da is
0: about, um, you know, you think about your kids. Mine are older now. But you think about your kids. Everything was a celebration, right? When when kids are like three and four, everything in their life is a Ta-Da. They eat a cheese sandwich, Ta-Da! Right? They do a little drawing. I mean, we celebrate everything, right? I mean, literally Everything they do is the most amazing thing they've ever done. And we're celebrating it. We're excited about it. You know, they sit down, they stand up. Wow. You
1: know? <laughs> I've got three-year-olds. They're going through potty training right now. So we're doing a lot of weird cheering.
0: Celebrating. Right a lot now. of celebrating. Yeah. And, you know, as we get older and you see that energy when you celebrate with them, right? When you, when, you, when you cheer a three-year-old, they get, you know, that big smile in their eyes and they want to do whatever you celebrated. They want to do it again. And, and when, as we get older, we start, we, we, we celebrate less, right? We do birthdays and anniversaries and, you know, somebody wins a, an annual award, but what about all that time in between? We, we don't celebrate those, those successes each and every day. We need that to energy every day, right? That fuel, especially working at home when we only get to talk to our pet and our spouse and maybe the UPS man, <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, you got to celebrate everybody and that ta is, is an energy and it's a spirit and we need that fuel. Um, we need that energy. And so I think that we need to give ourselves that ta and that applause every day. You know, I always say when I was, when I was doing live events, remember that? That was fun. Uh, remember the chicken, mm, chicken, uh, Chicken and rice kill. pilaf. Oh, Brian, I would kill for a rice pilaf. Maybe a <laughs> vegetable medley. And, a, and then you would sit at the table. There'd be like cheesecake and then like a brownie. And you, you try know? and switch and so them you, before the other you'd, people you'd, sat down. Well, you'd, you'd like, we're doing, what dessert I want to be here. <laughs> There's a German chocolate? I want to ooh, you got cheesecake. <laughs> I'm gonna sit in the German chocolate. Kill. I would kill. Kill for that, for that. Um, <laughs> I don't even remember what I was talking about, but when I was doing live events, you know, that applause, I'm very lucky that speakers are very lucky. We have a job where we get a round of applause. That's pretty awesome, right? When you have a job, that part of your job is you get a round of applause. That's, that's pretty awesome. And, and most people don't have a job where they get a round of applause. And now I have a job. Where I don't get a round of applause because it's virtual. Nobody, you don't see anybody on these virtual. You events.
1: should do like the NFL does and pipe in noise or the NBA. Ah, you could just yeah. hit like a little button and then there's like the turn that thing behind you into a screen and you have applause and people like, oh yeah. Brian, I, may, I'm gonna look into that. I don't know what the <laughs> technology, but you could have, have an applause button like sitting over behind you, like on that stack yeah. of books right there, and then yeah. like everybody feels it.
0: Yeah, I'm going to look into that. That's that's a pretty great idea. <laughs> this improv that. Uh, but everybody needs a round of applause. Just because, you know, I have a job where I get a round of applause, everybody deserves that round of applause. You know, and as we're working, some of us, most of us are working virtually. Some people are going to the office and, you know, there's, you know, 20% there. There's not a lot of interaction all of people but you need that energy and that round of applause. And and it just feels good when you just kind of, you know, you just start the day and and whether you're doing it to your pet or the UPS guy or the DoorDash guy, you're like, Wow, holy cow. You know, it makes them feel good, it makes you feel good. Because it's that energy and that that fuel that helps us make these choices that, that we've been, been talking about. And so much of that, so many of those choices depend on that positive support, that positive energy, that fuel. And that's really what that spirit of today is, is all about.
1: So Joel, tell me about your
0: harmonica moment. I never played the harmonica or talk about the harmonica in my live events, but on these virtual events, all of a sudden I started talking about the harmonica and I did tell you about when I lost my job at the Dallas times Herald, when they, um, the paper, They called me on a Sunday and they said, the paper is closing. Come clean out your desk. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And so I just moved to Dallas six months. I have no furniture, right? You know, I've got nothing. I'm in a one bedroom apartment. Uh, I'm single. You know, I've got credit card debt. I've got nothing. And so they called me up and say, come clean out your desk. And my harmonica was sitting there and I grabbed this harmonica. So this is 1990, right? No, 1991. This is 1991. 1991. So I grabbed this harmonica, which I had purchased uh, at college. I went to some lecture or some event, and I I guess it was a harmonica played. (laughs) I don't remember. (laughs) I guess somebody played the harmonica. I don't know. But they were selling harmonicas, and I bought one. And I have no musical ability whatsoever, Brian. I have none. I'm completely tone deaf. I have nothing. But a harmonica is an instrument where you can have no musical ability, Play the harmonica, and someone goes, Oh, you play the harmonica. They feel like you can fake the harmonica, you can fake it, you can fake the harmonica. And I got really good at one blues note. Hang on, let me see that. You know, just that. So when they called and said, Come clean out your desk, and it really a weight had been lifted from my shoulders. I always say that's one of the best days of my life. Uh, the day I got married, the birth of my two kids, and the day they called to tell me that "come clean out your desk, you don't have a job," which is <laughs> weird to say. The day you lost your job is one of your best days, but it really is because I made a choice, and I grabbed this harmonica and I went down to the to the newspaper and on the back loading dock, all the media had assembled, and you know the TV stations, the radio stations, the other newspapers, and Uh, I kind of look at it and I didn't plan any of this. I had no, there was no, there was no thought to any of this. I'm 22 or 23. However, I'm 23. I'm 23. I, I, there's nothing that went in here and out there. There's nothing. And so I grab my harmonica and I take a look at all the assembled media. And I went, I got no job. I got no money. I got nothing right now. Just talking to you. And 30 years ago, I am going to be beyond speaking podcast, with Lord. <laughs> <laughs> and you can oh. see. I mean, you could hear the cameras go <laughs> right. I mean, it was it was crazy, and uh, so I was doing that, and a couple of things happened. One is, uh, this is before you know, this is before this is 1991, this is before. Social media is before things went viral. I went viral in 1991. I was getting calls from all over the country from my friends that saw me on whatever news station. The story was picked up. Both uh, two stations in Dallas, like let off their newscasts with me playing the harmonica. (laughs) Keep in mind, I'm 23. I just started six months ago right? I'm nobody. (laughs) People are sad, you know, people are upset. And I think it became a story because they weren't expecting someone to be happy when they (laughs) lost their job. They weren't expecting someone to, I lost my job. I got no money. You know, they weren't expecting that, right? And so, uh, and there was a, in the four more star telegram, the city next to Dallas, huge picture of me playing the harmonica. And it was really, I think it, 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 it went whatever viral it was at that time was because I made this choice that I was going to, you weren't going to choose how I was going to feel. I'm going to choose. And we talk about this, you know, it was my harmonica. I, I thought it was my harmonica moment of saying, I'm going to choose what, how I'm going to react to this disruption, what my next steps are. I'm going to be positive. I'm going to be energized. I'm going to have a great, attitude about it i'm gonna i'm gonna you know this is gonna be about opportunity and it was uh, because it was really like i said my harmonica moment and you know after that i started doing improv and started doing stand-up you know kind of really focus on what i love to do and and it just put me on a path that brought me here brian i mean this that harmonica moment brought me to this moment speaking with you because if i didn't have that harmonica moment I don't know if, where's that path going to be. I'd still, maybe I'd still be a newspaper reporter. I don't know. And so many people are going through change and disruption right now, and they've got to look at their harmonica moment. Thank you for joining us for the Beyond Speaking podcast. To learn more about today's guest, go to beyondspeak.com. Make sure to leave a review and subscribe wherever you listen.